Thank you so much. Hey, greetings, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad you're here. Trust all is well with you and your family, and uh, that you are having a good Lent. Lenten season is now underway, and I want to ask today, how many of you use this? Maybe every day, right? Take a look at this today, because Lent is a time to look in the mirror. We're in a time of introspection. It's a time to get real, to get real honest about who you are and where you stand in relationship to Jesus Christ. This is a time of introspection. And of course, we say it's a, a season of self-denial. It's a time of giving up and taking on. And there's lots of things that people tell me that they are giving up. Uh, some folks are giving up chocolate. Other folks are giving up coffee. Some people I've talked to are giving up Facebook. And they use all of those, uh, that time that they spend doing earthly kinds of things and all of the things that we desire of this world and we focus our attention more on Christ. We look at the desires of our life and are they God-like? Lent is also not a time only of giving up then, but it's a time of taking on. Jesus said to, to take up the cross and follow him. It's a time of servanthood. It's a time to really look at yourself. Are you being faithful to the gospel? Are you following in the ways of God like Jesus? Are you following Jesus? And so as we enter in and we continue this journey here through Lent, we are focusing on a new sermon series here that we're calling Peeled. And we want the Holy Spirit to peel back the layers of your life, to open up your heart, and to really be honest with yourself. Where do you stand? Where are you right now in your relationship to Jesus Christ? This next slide that I want to show you here is a picture of an iceberg. And if you notice the iceberg, there's only about, what, 10% exposed? The other 90% is kind of submerged under the water. And as the sun begins to beat down on that exposed portion, it begins to melt that exposed part. And uh, as it melts away, more of the lower part is brought forth and exposed. And what we want to invite you in this series is to truly expose yourself to God. Invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and melt away all the things there and expose to you where you really stand spiritually. And invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and work in your life that you may be that faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to focus on Galatians 5, and we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, particularly down in verse 22, verse 23, because it's in this section here that Paul is writing here to these believers there about two ways to live. Beginning in about verse 16 or so, down to the end of this chapter, Paul is writing that there are really a couple ways that you can live your life. And he's describing them. Now, in these days in which we live, I have, for the most part, 
tried my best to stop using the word Christian. Because so many people use that term just haphazardly and flippantly, and I would prefer to say disciple, Christian disciple or Christ follower. Are you truly following Christ? Are you living out the gospel that Jesus uh, uh, demonstrated and showed us to live? So many in our day are just so quick to say, yep, I'm a Christian, and yet they don't live that out in their life at all. Now, I see this from time to time, like I saw in a little prayer that somebody prayed. They put this together, and let me share it with you. And our culture is superficial in this way, and they write, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray my croissant to keep. I pray my stocks are on the rise, and that my analyst is wise. That all the wine I sip is white, and that my hot tub's watertight. That racquetball won't get too tough, that all my sushi is fresh enough. I pray my cordless phone still works, that my career won't lose its perks. My microwave won't radiate, my condo won't depreciate. I pray my health club doesn't close and that my money market grows. And if I go broke before I wake, I pray my Volvo they won't take. Now, that is kind of the superficial level to which a lot of people are just kind of hanging out in the church-type, quote-unquote, world today. But it's certainly not the gospel that we read about and that we are challenged with if we really get serious in this season of Lent and we really ask the Holy Spirit, hey, where am I at with you, God? The Bible says to draw close to the Lord, and the Lord will draw nigh to you. And we want to challenge each and every one to do that very thing, to be honest with yourself. Now, the fruit of the Spirit here, as it says in the Scripture, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, you know, possessing spiritual fruit, I'm going to tell you, is not something you can fake. There's all kinds of fake fruit. I've got some fake fruit today. Maybe your kids had fake fruit. You know what I'm talking about. Fake fruit. We know that there are fake fruit available. In fact, we had some poinsettias around the church that were fake at Christmas time. And when we asked people to take your poinsettia home, that the real ones that we had ordered, we had two or three fake poinsettias walk out of the building. <laughs> So somebody in our church has wondering, why hasn't the leaves fallen off this thing? <laughs> about now, right? We know about counterfeit sort of things. Uh, I'll never forget the story of this boy who was living at home. He was a teenager. And outside of uh, his window, he was living on the second floor. That's where his bedroom was. And outside there was this fruit tree. And he oftentimes would exit the house. He'd just fling open the shutters, open the window, and get out on that tree and shimmy down the tree and take off. And he would often do that if he heard mom coming up the stairs to ask him to do a chore. Or if dad was coming to deliver some type of reprimand, he would just kind of slip out. Mama did, dad didn't know he was doing that. And they would just think, well, he's not here. He slipped out the back door and we were busy and I, I didn't know that he'd left. And so one day at dinner, dad
announced uh, that this fall, in a couple weeks, I'm going to cut that old fruit tree down there beside our house. They were all having dinner, and the boy perked up and uh, realized what was about to happen. And, and the father said, it's been out there. It hasn't borne fruit in so many years, and it's just there. And I'm going to tear that out, and I'll plant another tree. Well, the boy left that night uh, to go be with his friends, and they devised a scheme to go out and buy a bushel or two of apples. And under the cover of darkness, they came in, and they tied apples all over that tree. And the next morning, Dad got up and he went outside. He could hardly believe his eyes. He said, honey, come out here and look at this tree. It's got apples all over. It's a miracle. It's a pear tree. <laughs> Fake fruit. Fake fruit. Now, it really comes as no surprise that love here in this text is the first fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned by Apostle Paul in this uh, cornucopia, if you will, this fruit cocktail that is given to us of what we need in our life. And the Bible really sums it up here that God is love. And this is essentially what Paul is speaking about as it's singular, the fruit of the Spirit. And he begins to say it's love. And in reality, love is really the only spiritual fruit, for all the others are a derivative. Think of it. I mean, can you truly be patient without love? Can you truly be good or have faithfulness or be at peace without some element of love? Love is a powerful thing. Love is the thread that's woven throughout these others. It ties it all together. And all these others are but added collars in the kaleidoscope of the fruit cocktail of love. So Paul here is giving us the details in this text of two ways to live your life. I'm not going to read the entire passage, but notice this. As he begins here in verse 16, he says, I say be guided by the Spirit. And you won't carry out your selfish desires. And what are these selfish desires? He goes here to list them. And I'm reading from the common English version of the Bible. And he says here that the actions that are produced by selfish motives are obvious since they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use, and casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession. Losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, parting, and other things like that. Notice that phrase. He stops and says, and such things like that, or other things like that. In other words, he could have kept going on and on. All kinds of a, a laundry list of sordid things and uh, kind of uh, human tendencies that we have to go against the declared will of God. But when he comes to describing this other path, he said being guided by the Spirit. It's real simple. And it begins with love. And he tells us here how that, what that means and how that really unfolds in our life. To be filled with love. Now, Jesus spoke about this in the Sermon on the Mount. And you remember in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, You will know them by their fruits. Are, are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? 
A good tree can't bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown out. And he goes on, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Forgive me again, but being in the Holy Land, uh, you know, some of these things kind of pop out at you. And one is the olive tree. And uh, the olive tree is just an amazing thing. I, I've got a picture of an olive tree, and these things were everywhere. And the olive tree, of course, is uh, something that they use in so many different ways. You can use the olive there. You can use it to its food, so you can cook with it. Uh, they use the wood from the tree. They can make these wonderful-looking crosses or nativity scenes or little statues. Uh, they use it for building. And they can also uh, use it to burn in lamps. Uh, or we use it for oil, uh, anointing people, and, and so forth. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. And one thing that I learned about, again, to talk about fake fruit, there's a fake olive tree. Did you know that? Our tour guide, as I recall, didn't mention it, but they call it the wild olive or the oleander. And it's a like, uh, you know, a regular olive tree. You couldn't, you know, tell them apart necessarily, except this wild uh, olive doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't really mature and grow like a normal olive tree. It doesn't have that love there as a characteristic of its life, in other words. If you're talking about us as disciples hanging out in the orchard, uh, hanging around the church, and so without a doubt, love, I want to say to you, is the central component of our faith. Now, there are two great commandments that Jesus said that we need to take note of. The great commandment, of course, is to love God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, all of our mind, all of our soul. Your soul is who you are. You take the ten away, Paul talks about your body, and it dies, and who you are, your very essence, is it in love with God? Where do you stand? And he said the second is likened to it, that you love your neighbor. Now, somebody went through and found out about 650 times this love or loving occurs in the Bible. It's all throughout the Bible. And this word love is something that is listed here among these uh, fruits. And uh, this love in modern society, as Paul is talking about it here, rarely does it, uh, it resemble the kind of love that we oftentimes see in society. Now, somebody said that uh, our English language is a lazy language. Do you know that? Uh, we just throw terms around in all kinds of contexts and in various different ways. And, uh, you know, it just can mean anything. Take the word fast, all right? Take the word fast, for example. The word fast, I mean, can be used in so many different ways. It can mean that you are as quick as a hiccup. You're really fast. Or it can mean that collars don't run. Or it can mean to tie something up. You're going to fasten something. Or we use that word sometimes to say that I'm not going to eat anything. And a lot of people are doing intermittent fasting. 
Sometimes we use that word in that circumstance. Or it can mean that your watches gain time. Or it can mean that you are loyal. Or it can mean that you are sleeping soundly. You are fast asleep. You follow me? Or it can mean you are loyal to something or close to something. We use that word fast in a lot of different ways. But take the word love. We use the word love also in a multitude of ways. We say, I love pizza. I love my family members. I, I love whose line it is, this. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my parents. I love all of you. I love flying. We use love in a lot of different ways. But in the Greek language, they use the word love. There's about four at least words to convey love in different types of ways. And the word that Paul is using here, this agape, is not about romantic love. It's not the word that he's using here for brotherly love or family love, but he's talking about something else that's far different than that. And it's this agape love. It's less a feeling of the heart and more a feeling of the mind. And it involves faithfulness. It involves goodness. Fruit-bearing love involves a blend of these things here, of trust and obedience, more patience and dependence, and it never gives up, it never grows back, it never grows old, it doesn't become stale or vapid, and it never stops growing. And a fruitless tree is not part of God's plan. In other words, if you have... Uh, no roots, you'll not have any fruit. And so I ask you today, are you connected to the vine? Are you rooted in Jesus Christ? Another way of putting it. Some of us are tied to our bad habits. And we need the Holy Spirit to come into our life and work on us and help us to grow further. So that we mature and we become more like Christ. Now there's an image here of a boat. And I remember this story of this gentleman who was partying and hearty one night. Up until the wee hours of the morning. And it was time for him to go back across the little stream or river where he came from to his home. And he made his way down to the boat. He grabbed the oars. He got in there and he started rowing. And rowing, and this went on for a long time up until it started breaking day. And he looked around and he realized, I'm not making any progress. And he realized he forgot to untie the boat. So many people are like that today. And, and they're working and they're striving, but they, they're not really connected to God. They're tied to their old way of living. I wonder today if you would truly look in the mirror. Truly look in the mirror. You know, as a believer, you will be anchored to Jesus. And when the tough time comes, when the turbulence comes, when the problems occur, which you know they're coming, you'll find yourself just as sturdy as a banana tree. Now, when we were in the Holy Land, we went through a place they call the Golan Heights. Sometimes you hear that on the news. 
And you can see why there was some fighting over that area because it's one of the most fertile places on the planet. You're just like amazed going down through this area and there's all kinds of citrus trees growing. I mean, there's eucalyptus trees, there's, there's uh, you know, lemon trees, there's mango trees, there's dates by as far as the eye can see. There's olive trees, there's all this luscious vegetation and fruit growing and they even have banana trees. Just as far as you can see, it's amazing. You know, it tells us the banana tree is one of the most resilient trees on planet Earth. They say a typhoon won't destroy it. Uh, they tell us that uh, you, you, know, you can uh, chop it up in a thousand pieces, it won't, it'll still keep growing. A fire won't take it out. The only way you can really get rid of it is to uproot it. Really anchored, really connected. I wonder if you are connected to Jesus Christ like that today. If you would be honest with yourself and really look in the mirror, are you firmly planted in Jesus Christ? Do you know the Lord truly? You know, the Bible says that we need to practice what we preach. And I know a lot of times we see people that are not very genuine and they tell us to do one thing, but then they're doing another. Now watch this little clip that came out on TikTok this week about this coronavirus that everybody's concerned about. Watch this. Start working on not touching your face because one main way viruses spread is when you touch your own mouth, nose, or eyes. And of course, enhance cleaning of surfaces. Start working on not touching your face. Right? People tell us, uh, we're not going to do that, and they go around and do it. People say, I'm a Christian. And then they go forward living like Paul just described here, this way in life. I'll never forget the story, another story of a lady that was really going through rough times. She was outside the church. It was obvious to all she was going through a very difficult time. Some people knew her, lived in the community. And uh, one of the food pantry workers went out to her on that day. She happened to be there just by the church, sitting on a bench, went out and said, hey, we want you to come in. We want to we help you. We want to give you some food and some water, and we want to just encourage you. And, you know, we want to tell you that God loves you and that God can really change your life. The lady never moved a muscle. And she said, come on, we, wanna, we want you to come in here. We, we, there's a better way, and we really do love you, and the lady didn't budge. And on impulse of the Holy Spirit, the lady said later, didn't know why, but she reached down to this lady, the food pantry worker, and grabbed her by the arm and kissed her hand and put her hand on her shoulder and said, no, we really do care for you. We're concerned about you. And the lady started sobbing. And she helped her into the church. They gave her something warm to eat. She hadn't eaten in a while. Gave her some food and told her the story of Jesus Christ. And the lady just, the tears started flowing. And she said, you know what? She said, you told me God loved me, but it wasn't until you showed me 
and it really changed my life and that I believe in Jesus. Folks, I tell you today that Jesus preached the love of God, but he also proved it by the giving of his life. Maybe that's the place you're at right now where you need to experience the love of God. Or maybe you have been hanging out in this orchard, this wonderful place, but somehow as you stand and look in the mirror today, as you look to Jesus, you realize there's some areas here I'm not growing. What's wrong, Lord? Help me so that I can get closer to you living out this Christian life with this fruit that Paul has talked about. I want us to pray and in these moments to just ask the Holy Spirit into our heart and life to challenge us. We might grow and mature. Holy God, we thank you for this wonderful season of Lent. We thank you, God, that we can just come before you and invite your spirit upon our hearts and lives with whatever struggles, whatever problems, whatever issues we're having. Lord, you can come alongside us and give us aid, give us strength, give us peace, give us self-control and patience and goodness and faithfulness and, and certainly give us love. We pray for each and every one here today that as we journey through this life that we will continue to keep our eyes upon you. Bless hearts here today, O oh Lord. Those that are saying, yes, Jesus, I need to grow in this area, come alongside them. Strengthen them. Lord, for others today that just need that convicting presence of your spirit, as they look into the mirror, O oh God, Oh, penetrate deep within that they might see those places where they are still tied to, those bad habits and those things that are not spoken of here with this string of wonderful fruit that Paul says we need growing in our life. Lord, may we be at peace and rest with you. In Jesus' name, amen.